Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table, discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. Mm. Uh, and Aaron, you're up this week. Mm-hmm. What have you brought to the table today? Um, well, I'm bringing a toolkit uh, from Showing Up for Racial Justice. It's called From Scarcity to Solidarity. Yes. Um, so it's a guide to pivot white people away from the great replacement theory and other widespread racist ideologies toward campaigns rooted in multiracial solidarity. Yes. Um, the guide tells us you know, what it's about, why this work is important, um, explains the ways that the great replacement theory shows up in um, big and small ways uh, in media, uh, in just sort of like narratives that exist uh, around the country, uh, and then gives some tangible examples of how to have conversations that begin to shift people away from this scarcity thinking Yes. Toward solidarity thinking. So good. Um, and, you know, there's also no delusions of grandeur here. Uh, they know that this isn't all we need to do. Correct. Um, this is just a toolkit on the way to get there. Um, there's some very specific and important recognition that if um, in the in the toolkit that if white people aren't specifically working toward and organizing white people towards solidarity, then white nationalists are organizing them instead. And we, we yeah. see that happening. Oh yeah. Um, we see people using those narratives, even if they aren't explicitly considering themselves to be white nationalists, they're, they're buying into and using that language of scarcity, um, to, to push people that way. That's right. Um, so they say, um, you know, on page four of this resource quote, it is our work to organize, to reach people who are not yet with us, give them a different way to understand the world and a community to belong to as we create a more just world together. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that this resource exists. Um, it's like brand new. Yeah. It just came out very recently. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it here. Um, so yeah, what do you, where do you want to start with me, it? What's the, what stood out? Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned this last week, but I was really excited to check out this toolkit and to, mm-hmm. to have this conversation with you and see where it took us. And, and now that I've read it, right, and sort of had some time to reflect on it, I think my excitement was absolutely well-deserved, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I really enjoyed this toolkit. I think it has the potential to be so incredibly helpful, especially to white people. Um, but yeah. I, I, I enjoyed reading it and taking it in. And, and, I, and I think it could make a huge difference in our in our collective work together and our collective yeah. fight for social justice and the work that white people do in particular, right? And so um, I'm excited about this. I, I think first, uh, before we get into like the nitty gritty of it, um, though I think this is connected to it, right? One mm-hmm. of the things I, I just wanted to highlight and talk about is the mission and the work of Surge as yeah. an organization, right? I've known about Surge and the great work they've been up to for a while now and I I have a great deal of respect for them as an organization and what they're doing. But I think there was something about the way that they presented the, and you sort of alluded to this, right? Presented Mm -hmm. the need and the rationale, really sort of the why um, behind their efforts to create this toolkit and to 
push white people in this work to stand against great replacement theory and and these 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 widespread racist theories and tactics that I just appreciate it so much in this. Um, one of the things that they shared in the toolkit, um, I'm going to kind of summarize it, right? They said that their why was all about the fact that they recognized the urgency and the power of bringing hundreds of thousands of more white people into the work of understanding and engaging with like this idea of a shared interest yeah. um, uh, being what white people have to gain from fighting from racial uh, mm-hmm. and, and academic justice, right? And I just love that, right? And I, I think that's a a winning mindset uh, and a winning strategy for them to have and to use. Don't you, don't you agree? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, one of the people that they, um, they quote, I think in this, it might also be in other material that they also released this yeah. week um, is uh, from Ann Braden, who okay. said um, was a, a white organizer in the South. Um, and she said, um, to other white people like we're not here to help black people yeah we're here because our lives depend on it as well yeah um, and i think that that's one of the the you know most powerful ways to sum it up like all of these things are also holding us back in in certain ways as Absolutely. white people um right like uh one of the examples that they use a lot is around healthcare. like we don't have health care like universal health care for everybody. Right. Because a lot of white people are standing in the way of that. Yes. Um, because mm. of these scarcity ideas. Right. Um, so, yeah, what I mean, one of the ways that I want to connect to this and is they bring in some analysis from Heather McGee. Oh, yeah. Who wrote The Some of Us um, and also co-wrote the the article about public schools we read and discussed just a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they make this connection between the great replacement theory and zero sum thinking, right. which is the way that Heather McGee describes the, quote, set of ideas embedded in the system of racial hierarchy by those at the top to make everyday white people think we're competing against everyday people of color for limited resources, mm-hmm. um, which is that shared interest piece. Right? Yes. Like that's, that's where that hierarchy comes in. Uh, and it goes on to say, Quote, this kind of thinking is deployed to ensure white people side with those at the top in their policies instead of fighting together with people of color to win changes that will improve the lives of people of color and white people, such as health care, housing, quality, affordable education, strong wages and thriving democracy. Wow. Um, and, you know, I, I said this, but one of the things that Serge and Heather McGee is kind of saying here is that white people um, sort of collectively were standing in our own way to have these things that will ultimately improve the lives for everybody, improve lives for everybody. Um, And we're standing in the way because we think that if some people get it, that means we lose out on right. things. Like that is, that's that zero sum thinking. Yes. Um, and so I think that's why shared interest, mutual interest, whatever you want to call it, zero sum thinking, all of that is super important to attack. And then as they say, help pivot people away from. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, that rationale and that connection to, to Heather McGee's work and the, the some of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they're doing good stuff. All right. Yeah. And they, and they talk about it here. And um, I think one of the things that I appreciated about this resource, and I think gives it some teeth in terms of being incredibly mm-hmm. helpful was how they talked about the great replacement theory in a really comprehensive way. Yeah. Right. And so um, they did some work to make some connections to things, as you mentioned, like zero sum thinking. Uh, but mm. I, I think it's also incredibly helpful, especially and specifically because of how they drilled down into the ways that 
great replacement theory thinking and actions show up in the world, yeah. right? And I, I think it's important to probably take a step back here and define what great, great replacement theory is, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, this racist conspiracy theory that claims that the birth rate and, and power of white people in the U.S. and across the world is is shrinking. Um, right. I, you know, it, it it's obviously important to make sure that, it, and in this case in context, that white folks know and understand what it is. Um, I think you could say that about any issue, right? We yeah. can't do anything to tackle an issue if we don't understand it. Uh, but I, I really love that they also spend some time sharing how great replacement theory ideas and language show up all over the place, mm-hmm. both like directly and indirectly, right? Like in, in our everyday conversations, right? I think that's the stuff we need to yeah. see and to read and to recognize, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the way I think we get white people in particular to see it living in the spaces that they are with the people that they know, you know, in the conversations that they're having every single day, right? Like, I think when you can see and recognize it for what it is, yeah. um, you can do something about it, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And one of the small ways that it just came to me that I've heard this um, in a variety of conversations over the course of my life mm. is, um, you know, about jobs. Mm, like, yeah. Right, and that's that scarcity, zero sum thinking yes. uh, in reaction to the perceptions of what affirmative action Correct. was doing. Um, Good example. Allegedly. Right. And so like white people can't even get a job like is sort of that narrative. And like, well, that's just like it's just great replacement theory. Like you, you're it's all tied to this narrative. Correct. Um, Good example. So, yeah, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's it's powerful for. White people to understand how this is operating, and everybody, yes. honestly, people of yes. color too, it to, in all to be able to point it out. Yes, um, because one of the things that we also know is that, um, like with patriarchy, patriarchy mm-hmm. can be reinforced yes. by people who are even um, targeted by it. Absolutely. And so that's also something that I think could happen here in different ways. Good connection. Um, yeah. Too. So it, you know, every we all have to like sort of grapple with it yes um so let's talk about the actual script or process here oh yeah um it's just a really powerful tool so they talk about um affirm answer and redirect as the first step um so it's really about building rapport with somebody and thereby encouraging a greater shared understanding between people um so you start by having a conversation you might be going door to door canvassing right uh, and they say something outlandish um maybe there's some inklings of white supremacist theory ideas or great replacement theory in there um and this toolkit suggests that you find whatever piece of it that they just said that you could possibly affirm i like the possibly in there possibly Yeah. yeah um so somebody might say, like, this country is being run into the ground because of all these immigrants. Um, and you can say something like, I feel that you're angry. Like, and there's, you're right, there's so much to be angry about. There it is. And so you can affirm maybe the feeling that you feel that they're having mm-hmm. um, and then and then move. Yes. Um, and help move in that conversation. And you can add some additional context or, or answer if there's a question in it. Or maybe it's not specifically a question, right? Like that didn't have a question Correct. really, but there's a subtext of a question. Sure. Um, that you could then potentially answer um, and provide some additional context around that and then redirect to trying to understand 
what's actually impacting them and their family. Mm. So asking them, what are the concerns? What concerns are they experiencing? Correct. Yeah. You know, what's, what's up for them and their family? I love that. Um, and then from there, the next step is to build a bridge to help them see that solidarity would be a more helpful way to address their concerns, mm -hmm. to see that they're on the same potential. Um, they have something to gain along with the immigrants who they think are ruining the country. Right. Um, there's there's shared interest. There it there. is. Um, and then through that conversation, you start to point out the contradictions that that you might have with that person uh, and help them pivot to that solidarity kind of thinking. Um, and so this is something that that gets um, gets at helping organizers and canvassers understand what's going on. Um, with people, yep, right, because you're trying to understand what's actually going on with them, uh, and then encouraging them to join a community through a surge chapter, through some ah, kind of campaign, yes, um, so that they're they're creating connection. Because we know that relationship, yes. as well as thinking, as well as analysis, as well as pivoting um, how you understand the world, it's that's all important in helping to shift um, people. Um, and then that helps us all collectively move into a world we all deserve based on solidarity, right? Um, where none of us are standing in our own way. We're helping figure out how we can work together and create the world we, we need, we deserve, um, moving forward. Yeah. That's, I mean, that section in particular, I think was the bread and butter of this toolkit, right? Yeah. Like to really sort of talk white people through that process and to figure out how to do that work, how to do it effectively. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I just want to hone in on that you said, I mean, you know, you shared their, their brilliant process here, but you talked about, you said the word listen, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's all, I think a, a key part of that process is listening to the person that you're talking to, right? So yep. how you're affirming their feelings or affirming what they're said, clarifying things, but then helping to connect and resonate with them where you can, but you have mm -hmm. to actually be actively listening to someone to hear their concerns, to answer their questions, um, to try to yeah. get them to do anything, right? Uh -huh. um, so, uh, yeah, that 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 process um, was incredible to see. I'm glad that they included it. Um, you know, to even take it a step back in the guide, one of the things they did to set that resource up, this process up, um, was to talk through the notion of scarcity, right? And, yes. and how it's connected and, and central to great replacement theory um, and how it does so much damage to all of us, right? And to our democracy. And they talk about, you know, to our multiracial, multicultural society, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what I really like was how Surge put out a call to action to its members, to white people, to not just have conversations with the people in their lives, but to do this organizing work, to act, to engage in the process that you just talked about, right? Yeah. I think that's super important to name for white people here. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's part of the meat and potatoes of this whole thing, right? So it, it's, it's to me, it's definitely not to say that conversations aren't important or needed. We've talked about the power of conversations at this table, um, but that's not all. That's not it, right? Mm -hmm. That can't be it, right? Um, they share how conversations alone, and I'm going to quote them here. They say, conversations for the sake of individual transformation to make better, less racist white people are not sufficient to get us where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to name how white people need to get involved in organizing campaigns, like you mentioned, and have more intentional and, and impactful conversations to, to dismantle these white supremacist theories, this great 
uh, replacement theory. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I figured you would share the process and, and yeah. talk about that. I'm glad, you know, it was a part of this toolkit and I appreciated seeing it in here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that that process, that call to work, that call to action, um, and the ways in which they provided the resources on how to do that. Uh, yeah. It's just so good. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- it makes me think about, like, this is a very, um, I think, evolved way, um, evolved method that they've thought about, I think, for a while. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking back to a few years ago, they had, um, they, would re- they would release these little... Um, placemats okay you could print off for thanksgiving dinners oh with your family. my gosh that's uh, right and so there were little like uh little scripts yes. on how to sort of react to things that people might say yes um and that um you know that's the beginning of these kinds of ideas where you're talking to the people that you have the most like influence with because right. the people you're sitting with at the thanksgiving table most likely are the people you have most influence with yes but then this is also and they've always had this as, as part of their their work um we have to go beyond those folks too like right. we got to do that work there as well but it has to go um and move beyond um just the folks you sit with at that thanksgiving table absolutely um, and so that's um yeah, it, it, I, like this resource reminds me of like those kinds of things. And they've done a couple others. I just don't remember yeah. what other holidays they've done. Maybe Fourth of July, too. Okay. Um, but that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot about that. I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely is an evolution of that. And um, if I can, one of the other things I wanted to share here, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's something related, it's obviously related to this toolkit, but it has to do more with the you and me of this, right? Yeah. And how we relate to this toolkit, you know, I, I mentioned last week how I was excited for you to bring this to the table for us. And I, and I stand by that. And that's not only because I thought we could have a good conversation about it. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> we're not done. Uh, but so far, so good. Uh, but I think for me as a black man, it gives me hope to see a resource like this, right? In an organization like Surge doing the work that they're doing, right? right. And to yeah. know that there are white folks out there who are deeply committed to dismantling white supremacy in all the ways it shows up in our society, right? And to know that there are folks like you, my friend, who are engaging in and with this work and with this resource and toolkit and with other white people out there. Like, I know you're doing the work, and I think that just gives me a lot of hope as we continue to, to, in some ways, in some places, in some spaces, watch the world continue to burn. Yeah. Right. Um, and, 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 but we're still committed to this work. We're engaged in it. We're doing it. And, and, and it gives me some hope. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, Miriam Kava says hope is a discipline. Yeah. And I think that we have to find those, um, those places that give us hope, um, and keep coming back to it. Yes. Um, and you know, um, I think it was, well, I'm just going to keep quoting people here, I Come guess. Um, Angela Davis said that you have to act as if you can change the world. Um, I'm, that's, I'm paraphrasing that. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be able, you have to act like it's possible. Yes. Even if it feels like it's not. Um, and I think that that's part of the work that they've been doing. And, um, you know, as, as the electoral season approaches, they're mm. focusing in on some stuff happening in Kentucky um, and in Georgia. Um in a couple other states as well. Um, and they, they've created this um, 
campaign. This is Surge. Program Surge. About. Yep. Um, called Block Build Grow. Mm-hmm. So Block is specifically doing work to block white supremacist organizing and movement. Um, some of which they're seeing happening through elections. Right. right. And so they're oh yeah, they're working against. Um, you know, pe- people who are implementing these kinds of scarcity ideas um, through the electoral process. Um, but so, yeah, there's just a lot of great work happening here. And I think that that's that hope um, is something to to hold on to. to. Hold on to. That's um, why we show up here at this table while mm-hmm. we do the work we do. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, let's talk about application. Um, how does this apply to our everyday lives? I think this is a model that I think works for all kinds of issues and all kinds of communities. Mm. Um, I know this toolkit is specifically about white people talking about talking to organizing and moving white people, but I think it can be translated to hetero people talking to hetero people about heterosexism, Mm. um, cisgender people talking to other people, um, other cis people about transphobia. Um, you know, it could be, cis men talking uh to challenge sexism or rape culture or other systemic issues wow, i think yeah. it's if you think about it there's a way that scarcity thinking shows up in all of those kinds of identities and hierarchies in the in the um systems of oppression that exist in 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 white supremacy in in uh, patriarchy in classism all of that has an element of zero-sum thinking an element of scarcity thinking right um and I think this is potentially, you know, with some tweaks, a model that then can live in those folks who are in the dominant groups in those systems to shift each other towards solidarity thinking, um, towards solidarity like movement. I, you know, yeah. Um, so like that's that where my application is. At. I like that a lot. I think yeah. that's some really great thinking, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know that I made that connection uh, myself, right? But I think, uh, you know, because for one, a resource guide and toolkit like this is just 100% application, right? Because it is yeah. literally, yeah, it's you a open this up, it's a toolkit, right? Yeah. That is its purpose, right? Uh-huh. But I love the idea of trying to figure out how we connect this resource and the process that it's that it spells out to other forms of oppression, right? Yeah. And to other interconnected kinds of hate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that has the potential to be huge. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and co-sign mm-hmm. that. Good stuff. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> facilitating years ago now, I remember co-facilitating um, a workshop or something, um, and some of the feedback was like, why are you all focusing so much on race? And one of my uh, brilliant co-facilitators in the room was like, you know, as we were debriefing the feedback, um, said something like, well, because if you get race, you you can make the connections everywhere. Yes. Um, and so I think that's true here, too. And I Absolutely. think that's, that's where that's probably the nugget that um, helped me think about what this application was for me today. So I love it. Very good. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about homework. Um, right. What are we going to do to continue to learn about this beyond just our conversation today? Um so this is a section at the back of the book called Read More on This Topic, yes, um, which has some great resources to check out. Um, I want to read an article called White Extinction, mm. Metaphysical Elements of Contemporary Western Fascism uh, by Chayton Bott. Um, so a brief passage from the introduction of the article says, White extin- Extinction is, I argue, a defining idea of the contemporary Western far right. The fear of white extinction unites virtually all European and North American far-right tendencies. 
despite the ideological dissimilarities and conflicts between the alt-right, the alt-light, the counter-jihad movement, among others. So this is a an organizing idea that is sort of underpinning all of these people who have different ways of doing their work or they have different specific um, things that they talk about and organize their hate around, but it's all ultimately, um, this this author argues, connected to this idea of white extinction. That is fascinating. I love that. Yeah, there's uh, great resources in the in the back of this thing to, to check out, so I'm glad you... Um, called attention to that and mm-hmm. and that one definitely does sound really good yeah, yeah. i think there's um there's so much potential homework for anyone who engages with this toolkit, right? Yeah. I, we've talked at length about how good it is, how powerful it could be in this work that we're engaged in. So I just really hope that it gets, and I'm sure it is, it shared and used, um, especially with white people. And I, I don't know, I'm excited to hear what you think about this. Um, <laughs> maybe you could tell me <laughs> when we're done recording, but I'd love to share this with some of my white friends, right? Yeah. I think it would be great for this to be seen by as many white folks as possible, particularly white folks who maybe aren't connected to the, to surge, right. Or who mm-hmm. aren't in this, right. Um, for them to engage with this and to do the learning and unlearning work we talk about here on the podcast, right. To have these yeah. kinds of conversations, um, you know, to help them do the everyday work of, of naming and dismantling white supremacy and, and the ways it shows up all around us. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, definitely. I think that this toolkit, potentially empowers people to see themselves uh, needing to do work. Yes. Um, that's it. And I, I that's so, good. um, yeah, I think sharing it with as many people as, as possible who some might engage, some might not. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, I, you know, I think that's a good, um, great homework. Hey, yeah. All right. Then I'm doing it. <laughs> all right. Um, Sounds good. Well, so you're up next time. Hey. Um, what are you bringing to the table in our next episode? I am. All right. So for next week, I'm going to bring part one of an edited anthology book uh, to the table for us. The book itself is called All We Can Save, Truth, Courage, and Solutions for the Climate Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, which it was edited by uh, Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson and Dr. Catherine K. Wilkinson uh, and came out, was published in September of 2020. So still relatively new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm excited to check it out. A little bit about the editors of this book. So Dr. Catherine Wilkinson is an author, a climate change activist, and co-founder of the All We Can Save project. And Dr. Ayana Johnson is a marine biologist by trade and also a policy expert. So um, they definitely sound like incredible folks engaged in important work. Um, And so this book, All We Can Save, is a collection of essays and poetry by women and women-identified folks all about climate change, climate policy, uh, and environmental justice, which, you know, I'm super excited for us to engage a little bit more with environmental justice and, and issues connected to that, because I think it's something you and I offline have been talking about for a mm-hmm. while and and wanting to do something here uh, on the podcast. So I think this book is going to be a great way for us to do that. So um, I'm only going to bring part one of the book to the table for us. Uh, partially because the entire book is 370 some odd pages and then there's appendices and resources and all of that. So um, I think it'd be a lot for us to get through in a week. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, fair. Um, But I do think that that means we could bring the rest of this book 
to the mm-hmm. table in a future episode. So maybe yeah. stay tuned for that. Uh, so part one is called Root, R-O-O-T. It has eight different pieces in it that I'd love for us to read and talk about. And from what I can gather from that name and my very quick glance through it, um, I think those eight pieces really center some of the issues and urgency behind climate change and the work necessary for environmental justice. So yeah. uh, I'm super excited to to get reading this and uh, to chat with you about it next week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it um, having you know also skimmed through it a little bit um, looks like a really great resource to. Um, shift thinking and empower people to start to act. Yes. Um, right. In sort of similar ways that this toolkit is empowering yeah, people to is. act. Um, I think this this resource or this book um, is also doing some of that work too. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life, uh, whoever that might be. Uh, Follow us on social media, sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we have going on behind the scenes. I'm chuckling a little bit because you you came out really strong with a thank you and I was going to be like, you're welcome. (laughs) I forgot we do this thing. (laughs) That's our closing. We're closing out. Uh We do it in every episode. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say it too. Thank you. You're (laughs) welcome. (laughs) Well done. Uh, Hey, folks, thank you for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week.